welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman, and I am just so, so excited that you are joining me on another episode today. And I am talking to super sassy DO emergency medicine physician, Dr. Christina Campbell. She comes on the podcast to share today her journey that is off the beaten path, really. She talks about early childhood stories, things that have most recently happened to her and how she is working through her burnout. And I just am so excited to have more and more women that we call colleagues who are coming forward and talking about our experiences. Because honestly, if we isolate, if we stay in the shadows, if we look shame, continue to run our lives, we are not going to be able to move forward. And I just think Dr. Campbell's story is such an inspiration and I'm excited to share it all. It was a long episode, so I thought about cutting part of it, but I just couldn't. So listen to this conversation and then stick around for my kick of encouragement at the end. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Christina Campbell. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I'm super excited. We've had previous conversations. You are also a DO woman. So (laughs) tell the listeners who you are and what you're about in this world. I am a mother and a wife. I have two beautiful children um, and I have been practicing emergency medicine for about 20 years. Um, and I've got a bit burned out. Um, so I'm in a position of transition, if you will, um, and trying to kind of figure out the next stage of my life. Yeah. And we met via LinkedIn and just totally resonated with each other. And you shared with me a little bit about like your journey so far. And I was like, oh my God, you got to come on the podcast. Got to tell <laughs> other people because there's so many others out there who are like that. And you pick the word belief. So tell me a little bit, why belief? Why was that your word? So belief has always been part of my journey. So you mentioned my journey. Um, My journey into medicine started with belief um, through my own health journey. As a young child, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. And that was sort of my, that was my entryway into uh, medicine to begin with. Um, I had an amazing physician who was one of a kind, who really saved my life, and, and he did it completely differently than what was considered standard of care in the t- at the time, because several of the treatments were things that I was unwilling to participate in. I thought they were unreasonable. <laughs> um, and so he was an out-of-the-box thinker, and because he was an out-of-the-box thinker, I was able to avoid surgeries that um, I was told I would have to have. Um, and wouldn't make it to my 14th birthday without, and all kinds of things. And so through that journey, um, I realized that there was a place for me as a physician, that we needed more people who were out-of-the-box thinkers, um, people who were willing to do it a little bit differently um, for different results. And so that was how I started on that path. And I was 14 when I made the decision, after I made it to my birthday, obviously. Um, <laughs> and, um, and decided on osteopathy because it was, um, it was really a, my father was, a, was an MD, but 
I liked the um, ideals of mind, body, spirit, being connected and understanding that everything that happens in a patient's life or in a person's life really affects their health and wellness. Um, and that resonated with me. So I pursued um, osteopathy as my degree. Um, and then found out that I was just really great um, in the ER. Something about, I don't know, every day being different, um, the being able to be present for someone through traumatic experiences where it's really a difficult thing. And having been on the, the other side of the bed first, I, I had a, a great understanding of how that felt and how frightening that could be. Um, and so I was, I was really very good at handling those emergent situations with calm and, uh, we call it organized chaos, right. Um, in yeah, the ER. Exactly. So, um, well, yeah. I'm intrigued if you'll care to share details, what was it that you had as a kid? So at the year I was 12 years old, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Mm. Um, and at 13, I was, I bled so badly that I, um, I was a dancer. So I passed out from blood loss. So I was one of those kids that you, you can't tell me what to do. And I wasn't going to tell anyone. Let me see. How do I say this story? So I was, um, right at that age, really in, in dancing career where, um, if you're recognized, you know, you have a lot of opportunities opening up and that tends to happen much younger in dancers and gymnasts and things like with, with those types of professions. And so I had three solos. Um, I was super excited <laughs> and there were going to be um, people in the audience who were looking for some of the colleges and some of the high schools that were dancing schools. And so I was, I was not telling anyone that I was having um, issues so that I was bleeding. So I'd been bleeding for a couple of weeks, um, but I was bound and determined to get on the stage. So after that, um, the day after I passed out and I had my hemoglobin was so low, they ended up having to do transfusions and scopes. And um, I was what my mother called a coma, although I'm as a physician looking back, I'm not sure I would call it a coma, but I was unresponsive anyway for three days. And, um, and uh, at, during that time, because of the amount of bleeding and the fact that I was already allergic to the only medicine on the market at the time, other than prednisone, so I was allergic to sulfa, mm -hmm. and sulfasalazine back in the 80s was the only medication on the market for Crohn's, so, and I was allergic to it. So there wasn't a lot to do, and the yeah. surgeons were just itching to cut out my entire colon. And um, I was 12 going, well, I was 13 at the time, going on 14, and I it didn't make sense to me because to me, the basic biology was that if you didn't have a colon, how are you going to get your nutrients? And if you can't get nutrients, how is your body going to work? If your body doesn't work, you're, you know, you're just setting yourself up for being in disability. Right. And I, I, it didn't make sense to me. Um, and on top of that, I, I was lucky enough to grow up. I was in Gainesville. So I was at the university of Florida at Shands hospital at the time. So I had access to a medical library that was pretty extensive, and my stepfather was, um, uh, was a faculty member, so he had faculty privileges. So I had my parents getting me articles on Crohn's and colitis and what, what was standard of care, what could be done, um, what were options to surgery, what was surgery curative for, what was it not curative for, and I knew it was curative for, or was thought to be curative for colitis, but not for Crohn's. And so I, it didn't make sense to me. So, you, so I'm 13 years old. Right. I was just saying, this is amazing insight for a 13 year old. I just have to put that out there. Like, <laughs> holy shit kind of thing. 
I'm, I was uh, keep going. Sassy. I'm excited about this story. You're so sassy yeah, at 13. Sassy. So I, I was in reading the literature because I had nothing better to do because I couldn't get out of bed. I was so weak. I realized that it wouldn't be curative. And so I said to the sassy surgeon who was just as adamant that he was going to take my, my colon and put a shit bag as I finally called it. He said, well, you're not going to make it to your 14th birthday if we don't do this. Like you're just not going to, you're going to die. And I said, but it doesn't make sense. So here, here's what you're telling me. You're saying if you cut out my colon and we put this fabulous little bag here, then, and I'm allergic to my medication, right? So what are we going to do about that? I'm invariably going to, if I live any length of life, I'm going to get sick again because it's not curative, right? So then you're going to cut out a little bit more and then a little bit more and then a little bit more. And pretty soon I'll be kissing my own ass and wondering what happened. It doesn't make sense. So I told um, my physician who um, was Dr. Serta, God rest his soul. I've always wanted to go back and thank him, although I, I did, I'm sure. At this point in my life, I realized just how much he really did for me. Um, and I'd love to thank him again. Anyway, I said to him, look, I, I won't do that. I'll do anything else, come up with anything else and I'll do it, but I'm not going to do this because it doesn't make sense. And he was, I was very lucky. He was Catholic piano player with five girls at home. And so he said, look, can I go talk to my girls and kind of get a feel for where you're at in life? And then come up with a plan. I'll be back on Monday. And uh, this was a Friday afternoon. And I said, well, I'm not going anywhere. So sure. Um, and on Monday he said, look, so we're going to do something really different. We're going to, we're going to put you on complete bowel rest. So you're not going to eat or drink anything by mouth for at least six months, maybe a year. Can you really commit to that? And I was like, well, it hurts like hell when I eat anyway. So sure. No problem. Um, and he said, and then we're going to desensitize you. So he put me on large, uh, large doses of steroids and very low dose of sulfasalazine and then slowly flipped those so that I was desensitized to the medication. As I said, the only one on the market at the time, um, and could take it again. And then he, um, did hyperalimentation is what he called it. So they put a Hickman catheter in and I went home with a, a, a pump and liquid food through the IV. Um, I homeschooled for six months because you can't really take that to school. And it was um, a slow trickle over the 24-hour period of time. Um, and then after six months, he started allowing me some very simple foods. Um, and, um, and then I was on the pump for 12 hours at night and, and off sometimes during the day. And I started back to high school. I started back the last period of the day. One, one hour a day, which was banned, which was great. So it was banned class at the end of the day. And then, um, and then I started back, you know, so then it was 11th and 12th period. And then it was 10, 11 and 12. And then pretty soon by the end of the year, I was back in school. Um, and it was the eighties, you know, and, uh, I was very fashionable. So I had these little clamps. You had to have a clamp in case the, the Hickman catheter decided to bleed all over the place, you know, so I had to wear these little clamps. So I had all these little matching <laughs> that matched my outfits. <laughs> yeah. Just in case. So my little fashion statement. Anyway, so yeah, that's what happened. And over the course of that time with the bowel rest, my bowel was able to heal. And I was, um, I had all of the complications, adrenal fatigue, all the complications of those high dose of prednisone for a really long time. But, uh, you know, that reversed over time and, and here I am and I still there have my whole colon. That's right. That is Every just so amazing. Because, yeah, it's not only just your belief in yourself, like, hey, this is the right decision for me, but, God, that doctor's belief. Because, like you said, that was a totally different treatment than of the time. 
Right. And I, you know, it's interesting too, because then looking back, I've always thought, you know, like how come this didn't become a, a, a standard of care? Because it's, it was so powerful what it did for me and it makes perfect sense, right? Now that we know that the gut is the access for everything. Can you imagine if you took out my gut and now I have no serotonin, I have no lymph nodes, I have no, right? Like I was very intuitive, I suppose. And really I was thinking nutrition and function and it didn't make sense. But knowing now what I know, it was even more, um, even more, even more amazing, um, this decision. So yeah, he, Absolutely. I mean, I gave him everything to work with. I had parents luckily who supported me in an insane decision, um, while, while they were, you know, being told I might die. So I mean, that's as a parent now, that's, that's a lot. Terrifying. Yes. Right. I mean, you know, um, so I was very lucky that they were, um, that they were willing to get behind me and not just sign a, a release form and let it happen anyway. Um, and I, and I was really, really blessed to have a physician who listened to me and said, okay, fine. Of course I gave him all the ammunition. I'll eat refuse, refuse, refuse all over the chart, but still he came up with something that really worked and, and really did it save my life. Um, it saved my entire colon. I still haven't had surgery for my Crohn's and, and honestly now with all the things that I've learned on my own health path, I'm, I'm off all my medications even. So yeah, I was going to ask you, that's like the next thing that I wanted to jump to was talking about, you know, flashing forward medical school, 20 years of emergency medicine practice, dealing with, um, autoimmune with your Crohn's. How are you still, I kind of know the answer, but how are you still living outside of the box and living in your own belief? So if I'm being honest, um, I went to medical school and got brainwashed right along with everybody else so, <laughs> in some ways. Um, so I came out not, I think I knew more going in intuitively than I came out understanding. Um, I didn't realize that I had food allergies. There was a lot of things I still didn't know. Um, and so I actually had, I had pain every day of my life really until 2011 was actually when I started to figure some things out. Um, but before that I had pain every day. Um, I couldn't take NSAIDs because they made me bleed and I couldn't, Tylenol didn't do anything and, um, I refused to take narcotics. So I just dealt with it. Um, acupuncture was helpful. I did, I did reach out for acupuncture and I used OMT. Um, I had someone who helped me that way. Um, with some of that somatovisceral response that you get, um, which really did help. Um, but the truth was I was in pain all the time. It was just, I just assumed it was the way my life would be. And that was, I mean, what do you do about that? Right. You just kind of push through it. That's our um, personality is just like, all right, this is my lot. Guess I got to keep holding on to it. But tell right. me that triggering event in 2011 that has led to your course now. Oh, absolute vanity. <laughs> Vanity was my trigger. So I was, I had, I had had two children, um, which I was very blessed. Um, I was told many times I would never have kids. So I was, um, uh, again with belief, right? I believed I would, I believed that I would have two. I prayed for two boy, girl, boy first my whole life. And that's exactly what I had, um, along with several miscarriages. So there was some truth in what I was told, but, um, Anyway, I had real, I had a lot of trouble um, losing weight after the pregnancies, um, the autoimmune, the inflammation, the dietary issues. Um, I really didn't understand my nutrition. I thought I was eating healthy, but I wasn't. Um, 
and let me say fresh fruits and vegetables. I mean, you know, but I just, I didn't know that I had gluten issues. I didn't know about all these other things. Um, I was a, a bowl of pasta a day, every day kind of girl. And I had no idea that that was creating some of my disease process or at least making it worse. Um, so I had a friend of mine and I was running seven miles a day trying to lose weight and I wasn't lifting any weights. So I really didn't, it's kind of funny. And, I was and you were turning and burning high. as a physician mom. Right. Don't forget so was, that shit. That's right. That's right. And um, so I'm sure I was in adrenal fatigue and all of the other things that come along with that. And I had a friend that I was complaining to who said, you know what, you just need to do more weights. I'm going to sign you up for a CrossFit class and you're going to go. And I was like, what is CrossFit? What? <laughs> so um, that's how it started. And I met the coach that I was with ha uh, was this Adonis type, um, and uh, which motivated me to go to the gym, let's not lie. And he had rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Um, uh, he had bad rheumatoid arthritis. And he was, a young, he was a young guy. He was probably 15 years younger than me at the time. And, um, and he told me that he controlled it with his diet most of the time. And I was like, well, what, what are you eating then? I what did your that. doctor brain say at that point? Were you like, oh, no. Or were you like, maybe? I, you know what? I always... I knew that there was, that nutrition has an impact on, on health. So at the base, I was like, you know what? I don't really care. Honestly, I was so, um, I was desperate. I was in that desperate mm -hmm. mode. I was desperate to make something better. And I really didn't care. What was the worst thing that would happen? I ate something different and it didn't change anything. So I thought, what the hell, right? So he said, look, you need to just do paleo, do like an autoimmune protocol. And I was like, what is that? And he turned me on to, um, I forget the guy's name now who wrote the original book um, with all of the list of foods you can and cannot have and why. Um, but anyway, so I read that entire book and I wrote down my list and I went to the store and I said, fine, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and I started to find within three months, not only was I losing weight, um, but I found that I, was, I would have some days where I wasn't in as much pain. And then as I progressed through and I did it, I actually <laughs> went for the autoimmune program. Paleo was hard enough. <laughs> so I didn't start with autoimmune protocol. I just started with paleo. I said, that's, that's all I can really handle. And then I started doing some other um, elimination things down the road and with an autoimmune protocol for about two months was about all I could handle it. But I found a couple of other triggers in my diet by doing that. Then by six months in, I had lost um, inches, a lot of inflammation and inches, not a lot of weight, weight, but more inches. And I had days, like whole days, whole weeks that I wasn't in pain. And I thought, holy crap, I don't actually have to live in pain. This is amazing. And then I thought, well, I don't know this. I didn't know this about exercise. I didn't know this about nutrition. What the hell else don't I know? There's a ton of stuff that I don't know, obviously. And so that was when I went into a deep dive into every other alternative thing that was out there. Um, was it quackery? Was it not quackery? How does it work? Who does it work for? And I just really dove into the literature. My poor husband could barely get me out of a book um, or research for, <laughs> um, but it really made a huge impact on me. Everything that I learned, it seemed to get me at one step closer um, to, to a cure almost. I mean, in the beginning I, I was always, I mean, at 12, I was told you're going to have it for the rest of your life. Like that's just it. it, you know, embrace it, like embrace it. It's, it's your gift from us. Here you go. And, um, I've come to realize that that may not actually be the case. Um, some of these chronic diseases may not actually be something that we have to have for the rest of our lives. Um, 
and I, so, so starting with CrossFit and paleo and autoimmune protocols, and then I found essential oils, which made a huge impact. There's a ton of amazing studies on, um, if you look on PubMed, um, on frankincense and Crohn's disease and things like that. And so I got, hmm, I, got I didn't creative. know about that link. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'll have to send you a couple of links. Sure. That'd be um, great. We'll throw them in the show notes too, for anybody who else is interested. And then, so yeah, after the essential oils, when did CBD come into your life? Cause I'm really interested to see how this linked in. Yep. So after, um, through, through my journey with essential oils, then I became very knowledgeable of, about plant medicine, plant-based medicine. Um, and sort of some hindsight realized that that was a lot of what paleo and autoimmune protocol really did for me. So now I've realized that, Hey, this plant-based eating has really helped me. Um, and plat and, and also using, um, that maybe making some changes in my home, some of the toxins in my home, um, made a huge difference. And then, but I still had, um, along the way I had developed migraines that were really awful, um, debilitating. I had to even, you know, like, uh, when I signed up for my ER shifts, I had to leave. There was, I always knew it was which week it was, um, cause it came around my hormone cycles, but, um, I had to make sure I wasn't working then cause I didn't know if it was going to be so bad. I couldn't get out of bed. Um, and anyone who's worked in the ER, trust me when I tell you, you don't want to be in that gown in front of your colleagues. Like that's, that's no fun. <laughs> Um, and so I, I would schedule my shifts around this time of the month, knowing that that would be when I would have a migraine and they had been going on for about 11 years. Um, by the time I found CBD and it was legal, so I knew it was coming. I saw the research coming out, um, but it wasn't legal in all 50 States and it wasn't federally legal. And frankly, as a physician still practicing, I was worried about being drug screened. And, um, I grew up with that belief that, you know, cannabis was evil. And, you know, um, I remember a lot of that, um, false advertising, if you will, but I believed it. Um, and so I had, a, I had a little bit of a hard time coming around to actually trying it. Um, but by the time it was finally legal everywhere, I was ready to try it. Cause I was so, um, I was, I was just so desperate again, desperation, right? I hit, I hit that desperate wall. Um, and then I started trying different companies. I started doing some research because I was very aware that, um, similar to essential oils, there is a lot of bad products that are on the market full of synthetics and chemicals and toxins. And because of the way it's marketed in this country, they don't have to put a lot of that stuff on the label. So you really have to choose your companies well. Um, and so I started with a couple of different companies, but I didn't find a lot of relief. I went through five companies and one of them gave me some dry mouth and that was about it. Um, and I really wasn't finding any help from it. And I was complaining to a girlfriend again with this complaining, desperation and complaining. Um, but, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm seeing a pattern in my life. Maybe I need to fix that. Da, da, da. <laughs> No, but that's good because um, that's when you're like on a revelation right. point. So then you'll have to like start keying into that. But anyway, so you, the girlfriend yeah, introduced so the girl, you to. Yeah. So she had been, uh, it had been recommended for her son um, who was on the spectrum and she actually hadn't bought it yet. But the, the, she was using this holistic psychiatrist that swore by it, told all these great stories. And she said, you know what? I haven't tried it yet, but you should just go try it. Um, and then I had the name of the same company come up a couple of other times. And I thought, you know what? It's coming into my life, right? I'm asking for it and it's here. So let me just go check it out. And when I went to this company, I realized that this really was um, an amazing company. They, um, 
all, all of the product is grown in Europe. It's um, in an area of Holland, or sorry, the Netherlands, Northern Holland, I believe, where um, it's never seen pesticide, herbicide, chemical exposures. It's been grown there for 200 years, so four family generations, and in a family that's been growing hemp for hemp. So, you know, a lot of knowledge, whereas a lot of the companies in the U.S., while I, I absolutely support growing it in the U.S., um, the first couple of rounds, you know, we don't have the experience that this farm has, right? We don't have all that 200 years of experience in growing it. Um, and we definitely don't have chemical free environment here. Um, and so that in itself was a, was a big, a big reason why I ordered some to begin with. Um, and then the more I learned about the company and their philanthropies and, and their, um, the corporate personality I really loved and embraced. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really aligned with my, um, with my physician beliefs, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, and that's whole mind, body, spirit and giving back and, you know, helping other people. Um, and, and so, so you I got your, you got your package from the Netherlands. I got my package. And then what happened? So, yeah. So I, I actually, the day that it arrived, I'd been on a, on day eight of my, of the migraine of that month. And I was in bed with sunglasses on and earplugs in under the covers, cursing the cats because they kept jumping on the bed. And just the noise of them on the bed was causing my headache to be worse. Um, and I had already maxed out on, um, well, I had a lot of essential oils, probably more than anyone should ever use it in a 24-hour period. I'd maxed out on sumatriptan. I'd done a melatonin protocol that didn't work. Um, I had begged my husband to give me a couple of Toradol shots over the course of the 24 hours. That didn't do anything. I had one Excedrin that actually stayed down, and it didn't do anything. Um, and you know, enough Zofran to kill a, a large animal, just trying to keep everything down. And so I was just absolutely in pain and miserable. Um, and, um, the box hit the front porch and I kind of crawled, crawled down there in desperation. I couldn't, I get ocular migraines with my migraines. So I couldn't read the labels, but there was a travel pack that was in there that had like single doses. So I ripped one of those off and downed it and went back to bed. And it was pretty incredible. Um, within 45 minutes, I went from like a 10 plus out of 10 to like a five. So I'm like pulling the covers down. I'm able to and peek like, out from huh. under the cover. Yeah. Oh my what God, I can take on? off my sunglasses, you know? And I was like, holy crap, like this, this stuff might actually work. Um, and I had um, a lunch date scheduled with a girlfriend that I had been putting, that I I told her, look, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it, but I don't want to cancel. Can we just like buy the seat of our pants it? And she was fine with that. So I said, look, I think I'm going to be okay. I'm, I'm going to get in the car and drive over and we'll, we'll see you um, there. And so it was about a 15 minute drive. By the time I got there, it was down just where I knew it was there. You know, you're kind of like dreading, is it going to come back? But it isn't gone either, right? But you don't feel terrible. You can certainly function. And by the time the water hit the table that I ordered, it was completely gone. So within an hour and 15 minutes, this headache that I'd had for eight days and couldn't break with anything was gone. And I thought, holy crap. And I felt amazing. Um, and I didn't feel high. You, you don't feel high from it. It's not the same thing because the THC levels are very, very, very low. Um, and I just felt like my brain was turned on for the first time in a while and the pain was gone. And it was, it was pretty, it was pretty incredible. And so from that experience then, sorry, I cut you off. You can finish. No, you're fine. Go ahead. <laughs> but I was 
want to say, like, from this experience, though, again, going back to your word of belief, like, it made you a believer. So right. now my understanding is, is that you promote this. You you say, yeah. like, to others, especially other physicians, like, hey, this is not the quackery that we were told in medical school. Right. Tell me more about that and your website. Exactly. So, yeah. So I embrace this. It's a business model. It's a network uh, direct sales business model. And I embrace this because of uh, really of the results, as you pointed out, the results that I had. Um, I couldn't wait to I have girlfriends lining up around the block because we all have migraines. Um, you know, the swim moms. And so I'm, I was just calling everyone. I was like, you have to, you have to know about this. You have to know about this. This stuff is incredible. Um, and, and it's, it's really whole food nutrition. So what I use as a full spectrum product, although there are other options out there, um, full spectrum just means that it has all of the plant matter in it. It's really the whole plant kind of like juicing the plant. Um, and it's put into a paste in an, in an, in a syringe. Um, and, um, but there's also a broad spectrum product, which has no THC, but it still has the other, um, some of the other phytocannabinoids in it versus a, a pure product, which is now just a CBD alone. Anyway, so the full spectrum is really where it's really where it's at, but not everyone can take that from occupational Steve reasons and what, yeah. right. Um, so anyway, yes. Yeah, so I, this has become my business. Um, I had burned out in the ER and was really, um, I needed a break from medicine. I needed a break from the insanity um, in the ER and a lot of the um, policies and things that I was not completely comfortable with anymore in my practice. A lot of things changed over 20 years, mm -hmm. um, including me. And I, I wasn't in agreement with a lot of things that were happening in standard medicine. And I kind of got tired of a lot of CYA, a lot of CYA, plus the trauma of a lot of the things in the, that you see in the ER anyway. Um, and one of the last cases I had was a really bad, um, uh, human trafficking case, which really affected me. And yeah. so I just, I needed a break. I was, I was emotionally drained and done. And at the same kind of as that it was, you know, when one door closes, another window opens, right. Or vice versa. Yeah. Um, that was kind of how this happened. It was right at the same time that, that I found this product and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this for a while. Um, because, and, and it's amazing too, because everyone that I share this with, I, I literally out of 76 people who have ordered from me plus or minus 10 or so, um, in the last few months, um, every single person except one has had a positive experience and the one bought like $2,000 worth of products, which I, I told her she didn't need all that. <laughs> and I think she was more upset with herself. It was more buyer's remorse than it really was that she didn't like the product. But every single person that I've shared it with has had this, uh, had these amazing health stories. And so I, I almost feel like I, I'm getting more out of this than I was getting out of being a physician, but along the same path of helping other people improve their health and wellness and improve their lives, which is really what I went into this for to begin with. So tell our people out there who are listening, because this, I mean, I love your story. I just, I love the journey that you've taken us on over the last half hour. So I know there's somebody out there who's either dealing with a health issue or an autoimmune issue, either themselves or somebody that they love that is close to them, who's like, okay, she's, she really is a physician like me. She's done the same thing like me. She's had this transformation. How do they get a hold of you and, and get to know you more and maybe connect with you? 
maybe try these things or maybe just even swap stories? What would be the best way for them to connect with you? Absolutely. So I have a website, um, which is dröilymom.com. And I have my email address as well um, is dr.oilymom at comcast.net. And I'm sure we'll put those in the show notes. You'll yeah, do that totally. for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you reach out to me, I will set up a, a personal phone call. I would love to talk to anyone, um, who, who needs my help or wants to hear my story or wants to connect. I would love that. Um, awesome. I'm always looking to connect with people, um, who are like-minded or who are looking for a solution, uh, similar to what, um, the path that I've taken. So I'm happy to tell my story if it helps. Yeah. Well, Dr. Campbell, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, for just like opening up your heart and giving us a glimpse into your journey and your path and just how you are continuing to live in yourself and to really doctor yourself first. Thank you. Thank you. It's really nice to meet you, Erin, and to um, get to know you as well. Um, I hope this is the beginning of a long friendship. <laughs> Thanks so much, Dr. Campbell, for coming on the podcast. I'm telling you guys, we got to share our stories more and we got to have safe places to do it too. You know, there's some places you don't just walk around in your underwear. And I think that's the same thing with our stories, but I'm just so elated to be able to share not only my stories, but those of others who are ready to kind of open up and talk a little bit more. So thank you so much about telling us your journey and how from desperation you have found just pure delight in your life. All right, so let's get into this kick of encouragement. Recently, well, not recently, you guys know that I go to the library all the time, but I picked up a Shel Silverstein poetry book to read to my kids. It was one that I can remember going to in my little elementary school library and picking it up just because he had witty and fun and encouraging stuff. And so I picked it up and turn to the page that I knew I wanted to. It's a poem that I had memorized, but I don't know. Adult Aaron seeing it now, it touched me in a new way. So let me read it to you. Listen to the mustn'ts, child. Listen to the don'ts. Listen to the shouldn'ts, the impossibles, the won'ts. Listen to the never haves, then listen close to me. Anything can happen, child. Anything can be. Gosh, Shell, you get me every time. You know, I had memorized that poem one because it was a short one and we had to memorize a poem and I think like third grade. So I picked something easy, but yet memorable. But uh, how many times have all of us done that where we really have like listen to the mustn'ts and the don'ts and the impossibles and won'ts. And really it's about finding our own things that we really want about figuring out what the anything is and then making it happen and realizing that that dream can be for everyone, that we all can succeed together. I know in my work, just hearing different stories and perspectives and where people come from, really anything is possible. And so many times when you're down and when you're just in the grind and get starting to get crispy or are crispy with burnout, you can't even like see over the lip to see the light that's out there and to see other people's lights. So what I would challenge you today is if you are feeling down, if you aren't feeling any light, 
I want you to reach out to someone. If it's me, if it's one of my guests, if it's somebody else in your life today, don't make any excuses. I want you to reach out to them and say, hey, I'm having the hard time seeing the light right now. And if you are one of the light carriers, if you're kind of like me and like, hey, we got through this and now we need to like shine this shit all over the place. I want you to reach out to someone who you see as maybe struggling. They're downtrodden. They won't look you in the eye. They're walking zombies, exhausted. You know what I'm talking about. And I want you to go up to them and just shine a little light and ask, can I help you? Because really it is about that asking for help and being willing to give out help and be vulnerable. That is really how we're going to move the needle in all of this. So again, that's your challenge. I'd love to hear from you. That's my 2020 challenge that I'm doing right now is to hear every listener from Dr. Me First. Find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, or send me a direct message through email or set up a phone conversation with me. I make it super easy and it's super fun. Just how I talk on here will be how I talk to you in person. I promise. (laughs) All right. And besides Silverstein's poem and listening to the Mussins and anything can happen, I just want to remind you my little quippy thing is... Your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Heavy lids run